Tony Didier, RVP at Coldwell Banker Real Estate Group in Indiana. Uh, we also have offices in Illinois, Wisconsin, and Michigan. And this is our Real Talk podcast, where we interview professionals in the real estate industry or connected to the industry and uh, try to be uh, entertained and learn a little bit about real estate. And today, uh, we have the pleasure of having Tommy King, our Vice President of Marketing at Coldwell Banker Real Estate Group. Um, marketing's my background and I admire Tommy and what he's doing and his team a great deal and I'm excited to get to know him a little better. Tommy, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to the conversation and being a part of this podcast series. Yeah, me too. Me too. So uh, before we get into business, um, tell me a little bit about you and, uh, and your family. Sure. Uh, well, I am one of five in the King tribe. Uh, my <laughs> wife and I have been married for almost 10 years, um, and we have three awesome but crazy children. Um, our daughter, Haven, is seven, soon to be eight. Our son, Brixton, is six, and our daughter, Campbell, is three. Uh, they are quite the bunch. Uh, we have a lot of fun, but of course it comes with all of the fun growing pains of having three young children all close in age. <laughs> yeah, you get a lot of great stories. I'm sure I have a couple young ones and I follow you on social media and as a, a marketer and a media expert, even your, your family stuff is quite entertaining. Uh, you always have some good posts uh, from either your uh, home cameras or uh, just capturing the moment. Yeah. I spent the evening last night Googling how to save a tree if all of the bark has been scraped off of it. Um, Do they I, die? I don't even know. Uh, well, it, they can. And I went out to find that my son had taken the claw of a hammer and decided to chip away the bark on one of our nice maple trees. So <laughs> the joys of young kids and their creativity and antics. <laughs> Yeah, and your wife, Tiffany, she's a riot. Uh, love any uh, chance I've had to hang out with her. Um, she's great and, and super nice as well. So yeah, she keep has, the post coming. It's fun to follow. Yeah, she, you know, uh, long story short, she's a, she has a marketing background as well. That's how we met uh, long ago. Um, so we often uh, have ideas and uh, creativity. So that probably makes our social media content uh, flow a little bit. Excellent. Yeah, you guys both uh, both some some pure gold. Um, so yeah, as you said, your backgrounds in marketing, um, not necessarily real estate, but I think that's a a good thing. You know, I think we get we fall into certain traps when we're in the same industry for a long time, and you bring uh, a great marketing background and perspective to um, real estate, and have obviously learned a lot about it since you've been in it. Tell me how you got connected to us and where your career was before. Absolutely. Well, um, I have over 20 years experience in consumer marketing. Uh, my first uh, jobs were in media, uh, radio for 10 years, and then I lateraled over to television. Um, but uh, I actually got into marketing by accident. I started out, I wanted to be a DJ. I wanted to be on air and radio. Um, you have a great name already. Was your name Tommy King? TK? Um, TK yeah. the DJ? That's my real name, and often people have uh, asked me if I changed my name when I was in radio, but nope, that is, that is my given name. You did say the King Tribe. I'm guessing you didn't change the whole tribe. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, we are all kings. We are all kings. Um, but yes, uh, I wanted to be a, a DJ. I wanted to be on the air, um, spin records and play music and, and do you know prank calls and things like that. Um, <laughs> 
But little did I know that really the most creative people were behind the scenes. Um, and I was beginning to learn more about the industry. And I found that actually being a DJ on the radio is quite boring. Um, <laughs> you know, you're, you're playing a song, you're playing a commercial, you talk for a few seconds in between, and that's about it. Um, and I think my bosses at the time found that my creativity was better used elsewhere. So I got into the promotions department and marketing department and really the rest is history. I kind of quickly, uh, rose through the ranks, uh, in the marketing teams in, uh, Chicago radio. And I was actually one of the youngest director, uh, directors of marketing in major market radio. Um, at my at the time, so it was quite an accomplishment, a lot of hard work, um, but I definitely found my niche of creating consumer experiences and things like that. That's awesome. It's uh, like it was you. You were meant to be doing it. It wasn't even a part of the plan, and it just it suited you. And I know you mentioned the Chicago area. Is that where you're from originally, born and raised? Or? Yeah, I grew up in Central Illinois, um, down around some of our Central Illinois offices, um, but uh, have lived in Chicago most of my adult life, except for a three-year stint in Los Angeles. I moved out there to work for NBC uh, Television on the uh, cool Burbank lot where the uh, Days of Our Lives, The Tonight Show, all those cool uh, shows are, are taped. Um, so that was a pretty fun experience. Uh, Any cool celebrity interactions? Well, most of my celebrity interactions. Cordell family, mostly, your yes, celebrity yeah. interactions. Um, most of my celebrity interactions came from my radio days, um, mm. a lot of musicians uh, through the years. But um, uh, we would definitely have a lot of celebrity sightings in our short stint in, in Los Angeles, for sure. Yeah, I was in your office um, before and as a Cubs fan, really appreciated there's a photo of you throwing out a pitch at Wrigley and, uh, and your name's uh, right under the, um, the classic scoreboard and that's just, I've never been more jealous of anyone in my entire life. <laughs> yeah, those, were, those were certainly the perks that came along with working for the two big rock stations in Chicago, that's for sure. Awesome, man. Um, one more question about you personally before we uh, dig into the marketing and, and business stuff. I know you did serve in the military, um, Coast Guard. Can you tell me a little bit about that and how it uh, shaped who you are today? Yeah, actually, today is the 230th birthday of the United States Coast Guard. Really? 230 um, years, huh? 230 years. Actually started out uh, called the Life Saving Service uh, before it was trans transitioned into the Coast Guard uh, a couple of decades later. Um, but yeah, they didn't go with our local love. They went with, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they went through a rebranding. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> um, which is really what it would probably was. Um, I think that they found that their services, uh, were much more broader than just, uh, saving lives. Um, yeah. So they kind of widened their spectrum a little bit. Um, Why the uh, coast guard for you? Well, um, I was not a big scholar in high school. Um, my parents pretty much knew that investing. I don't believe you. Yeah, <laughs> immediately investing in furthering my education at the time was probably not the best investment. Um, and so they said, you know what, what about this? And I grew up on the water. We were boaters. We were sailors. Um, and I would always was fascinated with the Coast Guard and during our visits to either the ocean or to the Great Lakes, I would always see them and say, that's pretty cool. 
Um, and, uh, you know, it was uh, kind of an easy decision. I, it was something I wanted to do. It was um, something I had, was kind of used to being around the water. So I jumped right in. Uh, what did you want to be when you grew up? Was, uh, was it a DJ or? Um... I actually, there were two things I wanted to be. One was a garbage man. And <laughs> other was I wanted to, to be full service um, at a gas station. I wanted to pump gas and wash windows. <laughs> how disappointed are you in uh, how you ended up then? <laughs> so I, um, I am a big fan of the, of the trades and there is no shame in, in um, garbage men or women. Um, and, uh, you know, I wish more people would consider some of those trades because there's a lot of opportunity there to make good money. So, uh, I, don't, I think I would have turned oh, out. I agree. The trades are, are very well paid right now of all kinds. Uh, the gas station attendant has kind of gone by the wayside. I don't know if the garbage man, uh, I'm assuming will always have a need for that. Absolutely. And, and you know, I just read that some states are looking to mandate full service in gas stations. I, some state I've driven through is, I, I want to say it was New Jersey or something. I I think it is New Jersey. New Jersey. It? Yeah. Trip to CV corporate and somebody pumps your gas for you. It's kind of, yeah. you know, and, and in this industry, this day and age where everything's going online and real estate can kind of relate to this too. You almost pay for an experience or a service more than just getting the job done. You know, um, do you have any comment on that as to, you know, how people are kind of making things more of an experience or a service well, I think that the, that is the fundamentals of, of sales and marketing is right. service. Um, you know, there is no other um, character or characteristic of a good experience than service. Um, because if, you know, you could throw in price, you could throw in um, availability, um, but there really isn't anything that tops service great service it really really isn't you think about some of the restaurants you go to where the food might be okay but the service is phenomenal and you can mm -hmm. back there time and time again yeah absolutely and like you know if somebody was pumping your gas and they were super friendly and greeted you in a memorable way and shined up your car while they were talking to you i mean you'd come back for that service and i think the same principles apply to real estate or any uh service industry like that absolutely. um so Talk to real estate agents for a moment on how you would describe the difference between marketing and advertising. And obviously we're a marketing department. I think traditionally most people think of advertising like commercials and things like that. Um, could you explain that a little bit to us? Yeah, I think marketing is really that umbrella term that kind of encompasses a lot of things from paid advertising to events to um, office decor, um, office location. Um, all of those things mm -hmm. kind of roll up into marketing. When you're thinking about creating a business or creating a product, you have all these different things that um, really attribute to being successful. Um, it's price, it's location, it's style, it's what's the competitive landscape. Advertising mm -hmm. is just a simple function of the marketing world. Um, because building a product, um, is part of marketing, but then you would take that product to, to the market, to the consumers, then you need advertising. So it's really just a vehicle, uh, to get the word out or build brand awareness or convert customers, um, you know, for your particular product. 
For sure. And I think, you know, maybe we fall into a trap sometimes. Well, I could do this, so I will do it, you know, um, or I'll put this out, but don't really think about the reasoning as to why or who I'm trying to reach or what they're going to consider in that message. Right, exactly. And I think that that's a lot of times, um, you know, agents or anybody that is either new into the business or maybe they get really busy um, or they've fallen into some, some luck with referrals and those referrals may slow down and then they're like, okay, now what do I do? How do I advertise myself? How do I market myself? Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. Start with, how do we solve that, Tommy? <laughs> I mean, a big part of that is having goals and objectives. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so often, and these is, this is the, one of the first things that we as a marketing team talk about when we're um, presenting to new agents um, during new agent orientation is the very first thing is where do you want to go? Um, you can't, you know, get directions or have a map if you don't know where you're going to go. Um, one of the first questions that I asked or, or when I started here at Cobalt Bank or Real Estate Group, um, Mike Prodell asked me, so what, so what are you going to do first? I said, well, where do you want to go? Um, and we had a long conversation about where the company needs to be because I can't help the company get where it needs to be unless I know, um, you know, what that destination is or what the goals or objectives are. That's awesome. And it's reassuring to know, um, that you keep that in mind for all of us and how we are portrayed and where we're going and why, and, um, and that you're a part of that conversation. Um, so as a creative expert, you must draw inspiration from different places. Where do you go to for that? You know, um, I've always been a car guy. Um, I love cars and uh, anything that has a steering wheel or wheels, I love. Um, I love- yeah, I saw you have an ATV, right? I have, we have ATVs. Um, I've had a range of toys through the years. Um, we just got back on a camping trip and now my wife is asking me to buy a travel trailer. <laughs> um, so, I love the auto industry. The auto industry um, spends probably the most money in advertising of almost any industry out there. Um, And anytime you have a lot of money to spend, (laughs) you have the best minds, you have the best creative, you have the best messaging. Um, So I watch the auto industry very closely um, because when you think about it, you ever heard of somebody say, we are the Cadillac of this, mm-hmm. or we are the Toyota of this, or we're the Pinto of this. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, it, people really relate themselves to automobile manufacturer, max, manufacturers because they have such a unique way of advertising their brand. Um, and what they're known for, are they known for luxury, dependability, durability, um, price, um, affordability, everybody, you know, all of the auto manufacturers do such a great job of, of matching their marketing, their creative and their branding to what their core offering is. Um, so when you think about any other product, you have to think about, you know, what do you want to be famous for? Um, and so, and then how does your marketing and advertising back into that? So I've, I've always been really, uh, interested in how the auto industry um, you know, makes their moves and relaunches their brands and rolls out a new new car to the to the public. Um, so that's kind of where I get a lot of inspiration is just kind of watching watching what the auto industry does. Yeah, that's excellent. And both cars and homes are, are large investments. And um, so we're a franchise with Caldwell Banker. You get some 
um, probably inspiration or ideas or even tools from them. I've always appreciated how Coldwell Banker seems to understand the emotional side of home and how important telling a story is. Um, shout out to Martin Brandenberger in, in our Fort Wayne markets. He's been posting not just closing photos, but he'll post some like um, professional portraits he gets from some of his clients, a nice picture of their home, and he tells a little story about them and, and what part of their life this home is. Um, how do you play off of Coldwell Banker and, and the direction that Coldwell Banker is heading, and how does that work for you? I love working with David Marine and his team in New Jersey. Um, and even just since I've been here, I have felt that that relationship has just continued to, to grow and strengthen. Um, we love bouncing ideas off of each other. Um, we have a great group of marketing directors at every Coldwell Banker franchise across the country, and we talk often. For sure. Um, and you were, you were always a part of those conversations as well. Um, and you know, you couldn't ask for an, a better group of people to kind of backstop your ideas and say, well, I'm thinking about this, or have you had these similar uh, challenges? You know, how have you overcome this? How do you take this new messaging to market? It's really been a great sounding board uh, to work with over the years. Um, the new branding is just very impressive and I'm not biased. I, I think it was very well uh, thought out and prepared. Um, I love the human element. I love that we have embraced home as our kind of our core value um, because it is. And and more, you know, what's more evident now in the middle of what we've been going through as a, as a country yeah, for sure. race is the safety and, and value of our homes. Um, now, don't date the podcast too much here. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Hopefully, this is, does, doesn't last forever. Yeah. So, um, but, you know, it's, it, it, it gives yourself so many different ways you can go um, with the awesomeness and the home and the guiding you home message um, and, and the, uh, you know, ingenuity. It's just, it really lends itself to a lot of different um, opportunities with all of our initiatives from recruiting to agent retention, to uh, you know, buyers and sellers, um, gives us so much to work with. Yeah, and so did you find out about the uh, North Star branding when we did? Did you have an inkling of a rebrand? And what were your first impressions of the new identity? Well, we certainly knew that it was coming. Um, and when we actually started to merge with Indiana, we, we knew that it was coming then, as you, as you now know. Could have been a little bit better timing for us, perhaps. A little bit better timing, yeah. <laughs> um, but even when we had changed the name, uh, the Honig Bell name to the real estate group back, you know, a few years ago, we had we had inklings that this was happening. So we were on the fence mm -hmm. of whether or not we should do this name change now or wait until the new brand rolled out. Um, Cobalt Banker had some changes within their marketing team, and so there was some, you know, pause and hesitation there. Um, so we knew it was coming. We didn't have any idea of what it was going to be. Um, and really, we, we were um, just as impressed when we saw uh, the first looks of everything at Gen Blue. What was it now? In 2019, mm -hmm. uh, early in the year. So uh, we knew it was coming. We didn't know a lot about what it was going to be, though. Yeah, I think it's uh, for sure a more modern, more usable upgrade. and. Um, you know, I think some people, you know, change is, is just different 
by nature. And I think some people were just used to the old logo, but I think now that time's gone on, I think everybody is absolutely loving it. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I get the, you know, fear of change, but I think um, we've all seen now that these things are very well calculated um, and researched. Um, you know, we have so many resources available to us that we're not just shooting from the hip. These things are being taken into serious consideration. Um, and, you know, again, to kind of nod to the pandemic, I mean, what, what bigger change have we all gone through recently? And we've all managed to be very successful throughout it. Um, mm-hmm. So that's, you know, that's a, that's a sign that, that the fear of change should be dwindling with everything that's been going on. For sure. I mean, we didn't, nobody really even saw it coming and everybody's lives have been affected. And hopefully we've, uh, you know, turned it into a positive in some way for ourselves in, in personal growth. Yeah. Um, so speaking of brand and branding, um, from all of our interactions together through rebrands and everything else, I know you're a strong believer in the power of, of branding. And, you know, we have over 1,700 agents, give or take 60 offices. Can you explain the importance of maintaining some brand consistency? Um, for yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, if you think about um, when you're watching a, a marching band and you're wa- or you're watching a, a bunch of soldiers marching together, if you watch them and you see that they're out of step or they are out of tune or they're not, or they're off beat, it's very, it's, it's, it's just very noticeable. Right. And, mm-hmm. and they are in step or even choreography of dancers. I mean, think of the power of that display of dance or music or a marching, uh, you know, soldiers marching, how much more impactful it is when it is all in step. You think you kind of relate that to branding as a large company, the power of everybody being consistent with their message and their look and their logos and their colors in the consumer's eyes. It's like, wow, I can't get out of the way of Cobalt Banker Real Estate Group because I see it everywhere and it's all consistent and it's mm-hmm. the same. It kind of builds on each other that way. Absolutely. It's just your megaphone just gets bigger and bigger when everybody is on the same page with the brand, with the message, with the colors. I can completely understand and appreciate uh, an agent's desire to create some individualism within their own brand. And I think that that is extremely important. And I think that there are plenty of ways to do that while still creating consistency with the brand as a whole. Um, And I think that we offer a great deal of resources of customization so that agents can take a very consistent product, a very consistent look, and add their elements of individualism. And and we always are trying to find more ways that agents can do that. Yeah, if if you are trying to stray too much, it's almost like you're working against uh, all of the other branding that that could be building you up and and helping you. And and what better to stand for than, you know, the importance of home and the trust of of the brand. Um, I think it helps, especially newer agents to link to something bigger than themselves um, and build on that for their clients. Yeah, I think and it's evident in some other real estate brands that you see where they have a, a lot of different looks in yard signs and marketing and ads. Um, and then you look at, at Cobalt Banker and it's very consistent um, and it creates that halo effect of brand awareness that every marketer tries to achieve. For sure. Um, so you've obviously uh, worked 
um, in a couple of different industries and, and gone through some rebrands, what would you say is the marketing accomplishment you're most proud of if you could pick one? Oh, man. Um, at Coldwell Banker or just in, in general? I don't know. What comes to mind on the question? <laughs> um, wow. Well, probably, probably the knife video from JenBlue uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Empower 2018. <laughs> yes. the, the, the marketing knives video was one of our greatest. <laughs> Uh, no, you know, um, I would say back in the day, um, we were, our radio station, and I'm sure you've heard of the festival Lollapalooza, it was a touring festival uh, for many, many years. Um, you came up with the name Lollapalooza. I did not come up with it. <laughs> but we were fortunate enough to be part of Q101, which was an alternative station in Chicago at the time. Um, and we worked very hard to partner with them to make that a destination festival in Chicago um, to where it has been home to Chicago for, gosh, I don't know how many years now, 15 years or something like that. Um, but um, that was a big undertaking. And look at it now. It's like one of yeah. the world's biggest destination festivals. I'm sad to say I've never been. Have they had to change the venue for the scope of it or has it always been in the same place? I'm unfamiliar. It's always been in Grant Park in Chicago. Um, it, uh -huh. it has grown. Uh, at the time, it was uh, a couple of stages um, and now it's like, you know, eight stages, five days, you know, it's such a major, major event. Um, and it's pretty cool every time that that festival comes around every year. I always remember the days and all the blood, sweat, and two years we put into getting that off the ground in, in Chicago. Man, that's pretty cool. I'm glad to know that about you. That's awesome. Um, and and in, within our company, um, you know, I'm very proud of where we have come um, in the last four or five years. You know, we really have evolved our marketing practices from what used to be a very heavy print world into mm -hmm. Uh, uh, just a mass amount of digital and event experiences that, mm -hmm. that, that offices and agents um, have been able to get involved in. Um, I mean, look at uh, Homes for Dogs. Um, mm -hmm. you know, that's an incredible achievement. Look at our hurricane relief efforts that we did a couple of years ago. Um, those are really cool things to look back on and be like, wow, we pulled off a major fundraiser across four states um, mm -hmm. over the course of a couple of days, um, hundreds of agents participating, you know, working towards the same cause, um, really miraculous um, outcome too. So um, those are the things that, that, you know, I look back on and be like, wow, that was a really cool thing that we did, not only for um, a good cause, but for the company as well. For sure. And as I stated briefly, I mean, I was um, in charge of marketing in Indiana for like eight years and seeing what you guys have done and what you do accomplish is truly amazing. Uh, I mean, what the experience you've brought to it and uh, the thought behind it. To me, what impresses me most is that you're able to scale everything so well so that every single agent in our company has options to not only improve their own uh, marketing and, and appearance um, out there in the marketplace, but also to make their lives easier and help them to be able to spend more time with their clients. And also dealing with, I mean, real estate is very local and to deal with so many markets in different places, but you've empowered the agents to, well, if you think 
you know, that is going to be a great return on investment for you and makes sense in your market, go for it. We partner and back you 100%. We'll help you with the ad and reimburse you on your advertising, mm -hmm. the local love budget, because, you know, it's hard to manage all these different local communities and events and getting toe to toe with the community. I just really admire what you've been able to do that everybody's been able to benefit from. Yeah, that's a big thing that we always ask ourselves when we're encountering a new opportunity is, is it scalable? Is it something that everybody in the company can take advantage of and participate in? And when you have a team of only five people in the marketing team like we do, you know, that's a big deal. Um, it has to be scalable. It has to be efficient in, in order for us to be able to operate it um, and bring real value and real benefit to everybody in the company. Um, our local love was a big step forward in that. Um, there are no people that know their community better than the agents and managers of every office. Um, we can't pretend to know everything there is to know and what makes every community tick. So we have to empower everybody within those offices with the tools and resources like our local love um, to, to be successful there and to be able to give back and to be able to weave themselves into the community. Um, you mentioned the reimbursement programs. Um, what may work in one town may not work in the next town. Uh, so we can't just blanket a town or blanket the entire company with an advertising tactic because it may work in some places that it doesn't work in another place. So we give the, the tools and resources to the agents to be able to make those decisions themselves and support them with those reimbursement opportunities. For sure. And in my position where I'm, I'm in an office with our agents every day and I recruit agents, you know, every week I'm meeting with people from other companies and, and I just know that I work for a company that has more structure and vision and ability with our scale to do way more than another company's, you know, that's, that's trying to, you know, fumble through their own local growth or anything, or, or maybe don't know what they stand for or can't empower agents with more tools and support. And I can just see it. And I just know that this is the right place for our agents and those agents to be, you know, to be able to help themselves grow to a level that they were never at before. So I want to thank you for that. I think it really, um, the vision is, is clear and it makes it really easy to sell who we are. Um, and I know you're a big part of that. Yeah, I mean, it's, this is a part of the culture that the Prodell family has created. Um, they have a, a strong sense of, of the value of consistency, um, and that has been very uh, welcoming to somebody like myself coming into an, a new position, um, that they uh, don't, you know, change course, you know, mm -hmm. every two months. Um, or yeah, the consistency is very important. Absolutely. And that's, that's incredibly important in, in business goals is, is staying course, staying the course. I look forward to staying the course with our plan now and keeping our branding and, and not changing names. And, uh, <laughs> you know, maybe we'll, we'll roll in a few more companies. They'll have to go through that transition, but they'll know what they're joining and, uh, and we'll certainly see benefit from it over time. Absolutely. Joining this family here. So, um, let's have some fun here in the last few minutes. Um, I asked you your biggest uh, success. What was maybe your biggest mistake in your marketing career, if you're willing to share? Oh, my gosh. Well, um, you know, I, I was thinking about that question. And, you know, I, I can't put my finger on like a, a major, like, fireable failure. <laughs> <laughs> maybe one that just sticks out as either like, oh, that was, um, that was funny. No, we... <laughs> I think in digital marketing. Also the knife video. It was both your greatest achievement and your greatest mistake. The best <laughs> ever. 
Um, you know, we, we have, uh, you know, made mistakes on digital ads, you know, uh, and this is really nothing all that funny or exciting. It's, it's like dumb, dumb mistakes, like yeah. broken links or, or typos or, um, you know, those are some of the really just, you know, things that seem so easy that we just screw up on, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I was really trying to like, man, what was, what was like the, the, the worst thing ever? Um, <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, it's, 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 you pitch them to change the name of Lollapalooza. Like, look, guys, this makes no sense. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I can remember. So I, I will tell you one, one funny story is uh, I used to drive uh, a, a Hummer H1 as a promotional vehicle, which nice. is the big full-size military Hummers. And um, I was doing an event, and there was a rule that you could not take that thing home after an event. Like, it was strictly forbidden to take that home. Mm -hmm. well, I was at a, an event and it was late at night and my house was on the way home to the radio station and I was just so tired. I'm like, screw it. I am going to go home. I'm taking this Hummer home. <laughs> and it was street parking. I parked it down the street and I'm sitting um, in the morning. I'm sitting on the couch eating a bowl of cereal and I could see the Hummer, you know, through the window out in the street. And all of a sudden, I noticed people kind of walking by it rather slowly. Oh, no. And then I noticed a police officer pull up, and he's looking around and, like, walking around it. But from my vantage point, I couldn't see what the issue was. So yeah. I throw on some clothes and go outside and I walk around to the other side of this, you know, beautiful Hummer. And somebody had thrown gallons of paint all over the side of it. Oh, my God. Gallons of paint. Um, and so I wow. had an event later. Within like three hours, I had another event. Oh, later. my God. And so I <laughs> got it to the auto detailing place, got as much of it off as I possibly could. Um, but I did I did come forth and... and uh, uh, confess that I took it home. And sure. Luckily, luckily, I didn't get fired, but my boss was safety first. Was, was not too happy. That's yeah. As fate would have it, totally unrelated. My my father, a lot of my family was in the radio business, still is actually. Um, and my dad has plenty of stories about uh, disc jockeys doing things in logoed vehicles that they should not have probably been doing. So uh, it could have been worse, man. That that's that's an honest accident. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um. So, uh, you know, obviously our audience, um, you know, is mostly real estate agents looking to gain some insight. Um, I know this is probably hard, but what would be your best marketing tip for our agents as like a takeaway uh, and maybe not necessarily something specific, but something to consider, you know, that they haven't when putting themselves out there to attract clients? Well, I would love to leave everybody with this simple message. And, yes. And that is easy isn't always effective. Mm -hmm. We are creating, and this is not just in real estate, but we as, as consumers, as, um, as just a society, we're creating a culture of easy and a culture of mm -hmm. on demand. Um, and every time we create a new tool and resource, our desire is to make it easy for the agents to execute, right? But what we often don't 
think of and what we're actually looking closer at is that we don't want to slip too far into the culture of easy where agents lose the fundamentals of of successful real estate and that's relationships and that's mm -hmm. meaningful conversations and that's working your sphere and creating experiences of good service and good follow-up and care um, we can't get into the habit of just a post and go mentality where we post it on Facebook and we kind of call it a day. Um, and that's what, you know, we're kind of, it's a kind of a double-edged store. We, we create a lot of tools and resources like instant images and, um, you know, all these things that are very easy plug and play. Um, and those are great, but you can't forget about the fundamentals of, of good relationship building and creating good experiences for your clients. Um, and, and I just want people to remember that easy isn't always effective. Um, and yeah. think about that when you're, when you're creating your marketing plans that, you know, successful marketing is hard work mm -hmm. and it costs money. Um, yeah. and you have to be willing to do both of those things, spend money and roll up your sleeves and get dirty. Um, if you really are going to be wildly successful in this business. Yeah. I, I think as a real estate agent, you know, it's all part of it. You certainly don't want to have no presence on the, on the posts and social media, but you still need to have that personal relationship in Ninja. They preach auto flow to make your life easier and be in touch with people. But also you need to have a live connection with people once a quarter, they recommend. Yeah. And um, you know, I know we have a lot of agents who still do pop buys and those are always going to work give people something of value, get face to face. Sure. It takes money. It takes time to set it all up and time to deliver it. Um, but every so often you gotta, you gotta nurture that relationship, make a relationship deposit like that. Yeah, absolutely. You have to have a good, it's like your investment portfolio, your marketing, your marketing plan needs to be very diverse. You know, you need to have a lot of different things. Um, and, and measure your results. That's the other thing too, is, is so often as marketers and salespeople, we don't measure, we don't go back and measure what we did to see if it was effective. Um, we move on to the next thing or we get busy and we never go back and say, was that billboard effective for me? Was that print ad effective for me? Was that Facebook post effective for me? Um, know what you're looking for um, so that you can repeat those successes um, and keep doing the same things that, that work for you. Yeah. And as realtors every year when the calendar rolls around January 1st, you kind of feel like you're starting back at zero. But if you look back on the deals you've had, maybe track where they came from, maybe you have a little bit more of a focus of where you need to be going. As Absolutely. Well. Absolutely. Um, so one last uh, business related question, then we'll do the question we ask all of our guests. But um, what is your favorite thing about our company and what we stand for? Or who's here? Or, you know, what's your Who's your favorite RVP? <laughs> uh, well, Tony, by far, you're the you're my favorite RVP. Um, the others are going to listen to this. I just want you. I to know, know they are. I know. <laughs> um, no, I, I uh, you know, it, it sounds very cliche, but the Prodel family is is a you know, if you looked up a people first company in encyclopedia, I think you would see you know, um, the Prodell family, they, they genuinely are a people first company. Um, I think that that has been very evident through all that we've been going through right now. Um, the accommodations for people's needs and personal mm -hmm. needs during this really tough time have all been met. I haven't heard of a story yet to where um, we haven't accommodated somebody's personal situation 
Um, mm-hmm. and, and that is just an incredible feat. Um, and you read articles about companies that have experienced um, some real struggles during this time. Um, and we have been able to reallocate and be smart with how we operate the company to make sure that our people are taken care of. Um, and I think that that is evident in, in not just during tough times, um, but also during great times. Um, so, you know, I thank them for that every day. Um, and, and I thank them for, for that sort of um, luxury because it's, it's not, um, you know, it's not a given when you are an employee. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, my family benefits from it. All of our families benefit from it. And I think that that is, that is trickles down to everything that we do. We want, Absolutely. To, we want to work harder. We want to show up and, and perform. Um, and I see that in, in all of the RVPs. I see that in all of our VPs, all of our department heads, our managers, our admin. We all want to work hard because we know that we're appreciated. And that really is, is something that you can't find very often these days. For sure. And it totally comes from the top. I mean, you can see it in, um, in every office and, and every company you've ever been in. You know, it comes down from the top. And um, as long as we maintain that culture and, and not even just culture, just that belief and uh, that integrity of who we are, we're always going to be able to keep great people, which mm-hmm. is what makes this company so great. People like yourself and all of our employees and managers and agents, you know, as long as we're uh, caring about people, we're going to be uh, leaders in the industry because of the great people we maintain, um, for sure. Yeah. Um, Tommy, thank you so much for taking the time. I know you're a super busy man. I have one last question that we ask all of our guests. And this I see you doing on Facebook as well. I see you doing a lot of home projects. You seem to be relatively handy or you've made your home uh, a very cool place uh, for you and your family. So what is your favorite thing about your home and why? I think our, our outdoor space, our lot, um, you know, we have, for me personally, we have a nice size garage to do those projects in. Um, our kids have a nice lawn to play in and build memories in. Um, you know, we, we put together a clubhouse in the back and a zip line and things like that for them to just create a lot of fun memories. You know, me growing up, I, I remember less about the interior spaces of, our, mm-hmm. of my childhood home and more about the outside and the neighborhood. That's true. Um, and so that's, that's what I love most about, you know, this, this area and this, this neighborhood is the outdoor spaces that we've created. Awesome. Yeah. And I've seen you done some cool things to your deck and um, yeah, it seems, seems like a very cool spot and uh, with everything going on, you've still been able to enjoy home and the uh, outside space of your home. And I'm sure you guys are just having a good time. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm glad I caught you on a good day. I know you're a busy man, but the Cubs are on a bit of a winning streak. So I think I caught you in a good mood. Um, yeah. And, well, considering that, you know, half the other teams in the division haven't even been able to have games. <laughs> <laughs> We're looking pretty good right now. I know. I know. I loved the social distancing walk off the other day. I was watching that on TV as it happened. I was like, Oh my God, that's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> and well done. We'll take the wins any way we can get them. So for sure. Well, Tommy, thanks again. That was awesome. You're the Thank man. you. Thanks for having me uh, be a part of it. Appreciate it. Yep. Have a good day. Thanks. <laughs>